both, right? Fist me, boys! What did you say? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rewriters Room. We are the men with the pen uh, who rebook, redefine, rewrite popular storylines, uh, popular characters, popular happenings within the WWE. It's good to be back. Uh, it's the boy Armand, uh, journalist, editor, wrestling fan, um, Bianca Belair Hive, uh, all black wrestlers hive, really. Um, I'm supporting everybody black, word to Wale. Um, I'm here with my boys, the usual crew, CC and Chan. How, how y'all doing? You're, you're, uh, it's a uh, big little CC here. Um, all around nice guy. Uh, just here to help the kids, you know, um, we got to do better guys, you know, just love positivity every day. Try as much as you can. Just do all that. Uh, and, and wrestling, I guess, and hitting people really hard. Both of those things at the same time, find a way, you know, it's all mm-hmm. about balance. Word. Chan, what's up, bro? Huh. Speaking of, I am Channing, the fifth member of The Way, uh, the diversity chair for the newly formed faction. Uh, me and India are trying to bring, you know, diversity to NXT. We're trying to um, really just set the brand back on course. Um, you know, why not two more hours of Johnny Gargano and Ciampa? Let's, let's do that again. Um, so we're really just trying to, you know, get the brand to what it's known for. And so we've been working on that recently. So I appreciate you guys for tapping in. Word. Yeah, you've no been, problem, man. No problem. You've been you've been working hard, man. You uh you uh a- after the hurt business rejected your your internship is like you just you, you just kind of ran with all these other opportunities. You're really doing your thing. I really believed in retribution. I really did. I thought that was gonna work out. <laughs> it uh it yuck did. and it did yuck. So I'm on the way now. Yuck. <laughs> Uh, but the rewriters are not alone this week. It's uh, I'm actually the only person whose name does not start with a C here. Um, we got my boy Caleb Catlin. Caleb is a talented music journalist, well, multimedia journalist because he writes dope music articles. I've collaborated with him a couple times, and he's written some of my favorite wrestling writing this year. Um, very, very, very special to me. Uh, I look at him as, as a little brother, although he does inspire me as well. 20 years old, doing some things that I wasn't doing when I was 20. So we're very happy to have Caleb Catlin here. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great. But for starters, you believed in retribution? <laughs> you know, I, I'm a sucker for a faction. I've said it many times in this podcast. If you put three or four, you know, relatively similar looking people together, I watch. Um, I really, really like like the stuff they did with Ali, and that was about it. And I just thought, oh, Vince seems to like Dijak. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that to him. He wouldn't just like put him in the worst storyline of the year. He wouldn't do that. And he did that. And so I, I was I wrong. Knew- I knew that group was doomed when I saw Shane Thorne as a part of the group. I knew that was, that was the big issue. And um, if you like factions, I mean, AEW does not have a shortage of, of fucking those goddamn <laughs> factions. But they do have a shortage of good wrestling, so Ooh. can't lose that. Oh, wow. yeah. And yeah. there's 
there's the boom. Uh, Michaela, we're very happy to have you here, man. Uh, you are a perfect person to bring on for the main topic that we're, that we're going to get into later. But before we do that, you know we got to recap the wrestling week. And uh, there's a pay-per-view coming up, TLC, that we want to talk about as well. So, fellas, why don't you just give me your favorite aspect of SmackDown and Raw of the last week or two weeks uh, since we last convened to record the podcast? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be super duper quick. Um, SmackDown, I love the flow of the show. They have a really good flow now. Um, like the whole two hours, I get to like the nine forty five, and I'm like, huh. So that's like one of my favorite things. On top of just Roman, just obviously Latrell out here, you know. Latrell. Um, <laughs> and then with Raw, what I like about Raw is how it, this is weird. I like how I how I hate stories than like stories. I, it's weird, but I, we can get into it later. But yeah, that's what I'm starting to like about it. I don't know. It's weird. Chan? Uh, on SmackDown, kind of similar to what you were saying. I really like the main event scene. They're kind of building up. I like how they're not – they're kind of like keeping the Roman J thing going, but like also adding in other people because like – while I do think it was a good look for Jay, like it did kind of feel like, all right, like, but like you got Kevin Owens, you got Brian. Like you got these people who are like main eventers. And even they had that article recently where Brian was like, you know, this might be my last kind of run. And so I like how they're kind of really shaping up the main event scene to like, hopefully, you know, pay off to some really good matches. Like it seems like, you know, Roman doesn't really have bad matches at this point. So I, I assume they're going to be good matches, but I really like the main event scene. And then on the women's side, I know this is probably like controversial. We'll get to this later, but like, I really like the, the Shayna Naya stuff. I like hate Lana, but like <laughs> the other three women, I really like, like all their shit. And so like, I just think the dynamic between Shayna and I is funny. And, like, I'm a sucker for, like, the Nutty Professor and, like, really stupid, like, like back-and-forth comedy like that. And so, like, I just think it's really funny, like, having them be like, we hate each other, but we're so dangerous. And, like, I just – I sucks every time. And, like, they just give me every See, yeah, time. Shannon, you spoke to exactly what I that's, – that's exactly what the feeling is. Like, I like – I'm the type of person where I like so much comedy that I also like slapstick and, like, ridiculous comedies. Yeah. Shit, like, like – that is like, yeah. <laughs> they kind of, Shayna and Naya kind of give me Team Hell No vibes as women. Like, yeah. they, they like don't get yeah. them. But then <laughs> when, when they're clicking, they're super dominant. And yeah, so it's it's very interesting. I'm, I'm very interested, interested to see how they get the titles off them. Because I don't think Asuka and Lana are, are, are going to be the ones to Pray win it from them. Um, so it'll be interesting. That would be racist. <laughs> Incred- incredibly so. Incredibly so, actually. Yeah. It would actually be, unless it's going to be Asuka, like, double submitting both of them somehow, like, yeah. then, yeah, it's, it's just incredibly disrespectful to both of them to have that Lana is. take the title off one of them. Like, that's wildly aggressive. Caleb, uh, how about you? What's your favorite aspect of Raw or SmackDown in the last two weeks? Y'all not feeling Lana Mania? Absolutely not. No. Yo, yo, the the WWE the WWE is is having people vote for rivalry of the year, and one of the candidates is Lana versus announce tables. That's Ooh. fucking hilarious. I'm saying that she got like a she's not a make a wish kid. Like something like she's like disabled. She's a grown ass woman. Like I don't like that. Like like I believe in myself. It's like yeah, you Steve. get paid to do this. You should like yeah. I hope Steve, so. here's, 
the main problem with the Lana story in 2020 is that in 2020, you're trying to sell us, you know, trying to feel bad for a white woman who is like (laughs) already in a position to where she's kind of above us. So it's like, what? (laughs) Why would we do that? (laughs) I feel bad for Naomi. I feel bad for Naomi. I don't feel bad for Lana. I feel bad for Lana. (laughs) Uh, So, Kayla, we we kind of cut you off, but what's your favorite? (laughs) <laughs> to, to, to y'all's point, uh, I think that uh, Naya and Shanna are more like the modern version of the APA, and Shanna's more like JBL and Naya. Well, that's kind of disrespectful. I don't think Ron Simmons is like Naya, but <laughs> like in concept, <laughs> in concept, in concept, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, they, they kind of fit like the, you, you know, like we're two tough people and we get along just enough to get by but other than that i find raw to be mostly unwatchable and smackdown's fine i haven't tuned in in the past couple weeks but like from what i've seen in in the bits and pieces i think bailey and bianca is promising and always hopefully they get over the jay uso thing soon because it's kind of getting to the point where i'm over him getting his ass beat every week Yo, when they say, like, when Roman says pull up and wreck, they're talking about Jey Uso. Because it's pull up and just get destroyed by someone every week. Yeah, it, it, it's not like the fact that, like, oh, Jey Uso's losing a lot. It's the fact that they're making it a point to beat his ass every week. Yeah, on site. Yeah. Every, time, every week, I'm just like, golly, like, y'all going to beat his ass again? <laughs> Also on Raw, um, AJ's heater almost got a name. That was a highlight, too. Because at first it was like, when AJ was like, you speak English, I was like, I don't like where this is going. Yeah, that was wild. Um, but, like, but then they've, like, kind of started to build out his personality a little bit more. And, like, I don't know. I've seen, obviously, like, the videos of him in, like, indie circuits with, like, Malcolm Bivens, like, wrestling, quote, unquote. I don't know if they're actually going to have him wrestle for real. But, like, I do like that he's not just this silent, like, black person anymore. I do like that. Yeah. Wasn't he wasn't he the bodyguard uh for Raw Underground? Yep. We don't talk about that anymore though. That never <laughs> Why happened. <laughs> because Raw WWE decided it, WWE decided that never happened. They hey, just it was it, it was them big. it was them wrestlers who thought COVID was a myth out partying and stuff. Yeah. They they ruined mm-hmm. Raw Underground. True. They ruined, they it, ruined it. They they had the women in the cut dancing, and then the yeah, loser, and then the and then the loser fans started like, oh, they're objectifying women. Like, no, the women's just having fun. Yeah, listen, it's, I'm in I'm in Florida or whatever, and I can tell you, they're in Central Florida. The niggas don't care, bro. Like, no. the niggas don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's ugly. I, I, I'll say, um. I really like the the Drew and Sheamus dynamic and what they're doing there. I love Drew's like now that they have him walking out in a kilt, putting the sword in. Uh, his his whole entrance is super dope now. Um, and to kind of transition into pre- pre- previewing TLC, uh, we're getting Drew versus AJ Styles. AJ Styles won the sudden death triple threat match over Keith Lee and Riddle. Um, I kind of saw it coming. I don't. I didn't think that they wanted to do Drew Riddle at TLC, the last pay per view of the year. That they, they don't want to do, waste Drew and Keith Lee on TLC. Like even even if they fought already on Raw, like Drew Keith is something that you want to build to, and like that's like core four pay per view worthy. So AJ Styles is a safe option. He's always going to be in a major title picture. Uh, him and Drew are probably going to have a good match. I'd be interested to see if his bodyguard is going to get involved in some way. I don't think AJ is definitely not going to win the title, but it, it, it'll be really cool to see 
AJ and his heaters relationship kind of developed through this match. Um, and because it like clearly that they put him with AJ, like to give AJ a heater, but also I think AJ's cachet does things for this guy. So I'm just, I'm interested to see like when he finally wrestles a match, if he ever does like just how his character develops. And I think that they'll have an opportunity to do it at TLC with the Drew versus AJ match. How, how, how are you guys feeling about that match? Yeah. I, so that kind of speaks again to like the goofiness that I like about things or whatever, and how I was saying like, I can hate something and then like it or whatever. Cause I'm always watching like, okay, all right, sure. What is this? And then like, after a while, like, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to show me what this thing is and why I should care. And when it comes to AJ and his heater by like week three, I was like, Oh, like this is a chance for like AJ to be really, really funny or whatever. And have this guy just be deadpan. This is the, the funny guy and the straight man kind of thing and I'm like oh okay and then now it's kind of like switching though because like he I forget his name it starts with an O or whatever they actually I forgot they like actually said what his name is almost yeah Yeah. um and he like was talking to Riddle and stuff like that and now AJ is kind of like doing the thing so now they're like having like the go whatever and I see with those two for some reason I see like some and this is a really old person reference but I see some real plane trains automobiles type like comedy coming (laughs) in the next like three months honestly yeah it's gonna be weird I think that's where they're going with it I don't know I think they're remaking that movie actually with Kevin Hart. Oh, oh no, it they might be, are. Yeah, it might be Italian. Yeah, but as far as the match, it's I, honestly it's just gonna be it's gonna be this thing where it almost like kind of gets involved, but then he doesn't, and then AJ's like, huh? But then they like still friends, and then Drew wins. Honestly, that's what I think is gonna happen. Drew, Drew, Drew might kick that big dude's head off. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I think is gonna be <laughs> one serious Claymore. Like. If that really happens, wild. I need to see those two get violent immediately. <laughs> I, I see, I see that happening, and then there's probably going to be a spot where um, AJ goes for like a springboard move, and the big dude catches him. Oh, definitely. It'll be one of it'll be one of those things, and then he throws him at Drew. I think it'll, if they get real creative like that, it'll be heat. Yeah, like off a ladder or something that could definitely mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, yeah. We kind of touched on this earlier, but we got Oscar Lana versus uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the women's tag team titles. I already said I don't think Oscar and Lana are, are are gonna win. I think it's, and I I wouldn't say I'm I, I'm definitely not a Lana fan, but this is a big big look for her. Um, you know she she got the singles match against Oscar on Raw for the women's uh for the Raw Women's Championship, but being next to Oscar, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler who are by far the three top women talents, well, top used women talents, because Naomi's there in Purgatory um, on, on Raw. So this is a really big look for Lana. Um, she's not that great in ring, so like I, you know, Oscar's definitely going to oh. be Oscar's going to be holding it down for them. But uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of funny moments. Um, I loved on Raw uh, Lana uh, doing the Hurricanrana to Nia Jax into the table and kind of breaking the whole streak of her getting put through the table every week. Um, That was cool. So clearly they're they're kind of trying to build it up to where we might think, oh, Asuka and Lana could do this. And it's realistically not going to happen. But it should be an interesting match. Yeah, see, that right there kind of described how I feel about that whole situation, kind of how I feel about Raw. I think I like the ideas of the storylines more than I like the people in the story, you know, making the story move forward. Because it's just like that match, I don't know, to be honest with you, I'm probably going to go cook dinner at that that (laughs) point. (laughs) I feel the same way about Lana as I do about the Carmella-Sasha feud, where it's like, 
I guess I got to take this to get what I really want. It's like my vegetables. I got to eat this so I can get the, you know, Oscar Rhea match I want. I get the Bianca Sasha match I want, but I got to get through this first. So I'm just like kind of gritting my teeth, hoping for a squash and just, you know, going to pray through it. Um, Cause you know, honestly, also Carmella and Lana have like very similar gear now, which I think is kind of weird too. Like they have the whole like leather sleeves thing. I was going to say is anybody. I don't understand like, that why that's a thing too but um they just i just like it's one of those things where i get that like they are probably popular online and shit but like the work weight is just so low for both of them and it's just tough to get through like a match where it's like the other people in this match can really go like oscar versus shayna oscar versus naya like those could be good matches like you know somebody probably get hurt but like they're good matches um but i don't need you don't need this fourth wheel especially like I said, when you have people like naomi and like i know i'm I am no one's Lacey Evans stand. Please don't ever, <laughs> please don't ever get that confused. But I'd rather have her in this type of match. At least she can like really work and shit. She got that moonsault move. That's nice. Yeah, bro. She got the she nice moonsault. Like she got some moves in her. Lana and Carmella do like two moves each. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, weak ass super kick. Oh my goodness. I think Lana. Yo, that super kick is so funny. It's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's not even super. It's just a kick. <laughs> But okay, so y'all gonna look at me crazy, right? But uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> I don't goodness. like I don't I don't like Raw so much. I want to see the dark timeline where Lana. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I <laughs> chaos timeline. That I want to see mostly because of the the chaos that it would create. Oh my gosh, they're abusing Oscar, and then you know she's double champ, and then we set up. I don't know. Lace, uh, not Lacey, uh, yeah, Lacey Evans versus Lana. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it, and then they have like Charlotte and Rhea on the undercard, <laughs> which is the match that I, th- which is the match that I think is gonna happen at Mania. I think it's gonna be Charlotte Rhea too, but I want to see the dark timeline where they have Lana like legit get put over as a legitimate baby face just for the laugh aspect of it. They might have to keep fans away at that point. Like, you just can't have fans come back. Like, you just can't have them ever come back. While That's probably why they're getting this shit off in the first place. Cause anybody yeah, do it now. <laughs> You're going to do it. Do it now. Because it's going to get ugly. People are, yeah, they, can, that, they, can, they can afford to take the risks with, you know, people like Lana because the fans are there to be like, oh, boo, this isn't what I want. And, you know, they could just be like, all right, we're going to try this weird abstract thing. We're gonna try out Lana because she didn't get a chance, and you know it's it's weird because there are fans who are like you know oh give this woman a chance or this woman a chance, and then when they give a woman a chance, they're like oh no not that one. <laughs> that's not yeah. what I meant. Yeah. No, um, right, but that, that that's, that's what point. most people that's what most people are are about. They're like oh I want you to do this this and this, and then when they do this, they're like yeah do that, but not with this person. Like it, it that's not how it works. Choosing beggars. <laughs> uh, we are also getting an, another exhibition of black excellence. We're getting New Day versus Hurt sure. Business. This is like part four, part five for them. Um, I can watch that shit 80 times. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So we <laughs> said, we've seen the New Day retain their titles successfully twice over the Hurt Business. We've seen Kofi beat Shelton. We've seen Cedric Alexander pick up victories over both Kofi and Xavier Woods, and he's been acting pretty interestingly after the Raw. Um, so with them clashing again for the third 
or fourth, fifth time, whatever it is. I'm inclined to think that the Hurt Business might end up going over. Um, like, you know, New Day's great. They're always going to be great. But they've been building the Hurt Business up this way. Um, I, 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 I would like to see them pull the trigger. Uh, I, I don't know if I need a long reign from Cedric and Shelton, but I think it would be cool to have three champions in the Hurt Business, even though Lashley definitely needs to come up off that U.S. title very, very soon because he's been immediately <laughs> he's defended it like twice. Like it's just you know it's 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 time and it's cool. You know he he got it. He's able to add that to his uh his resume. He held the U.S. title like in his first WWE run, yeah. anyways. But uh, you know it's it's cool, but. Yeah, I, I think that the Hurt Business is going to end up going over. I, I think Cedric is dialed in right now. They're really pushing him in an interesting way. Um, and I don't think that they want to do a breakup angle with the Hurt Business yet. Like, I, 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 feel, yeah. like, I feel like that's, a, that's like a 2021 after WrestleMania type thing. So I, I think that the Hurt Business could end up going over at, at TLC. Well, what do you think? I think the same thing, and I think what they're doing is setting up a very slow burn with Cedric and Shelton or whatever, and they established it in the beginning because Shelton was the one, was the only one who told them, like, hey, you know, you know, they said you're good, but, you know, you really got to prove yourself. So, like, they established that, like, there was some distrust right there, and then they end up being tagged, like, a tag team. I remember when that happened, I was like, that's interesting. Like, hmm, I wonder if this is, like, that long-form storytelling. And then that, I think it was this last not this last match for this last week, but the week before, um, I think Cedric like tagged himself in or something like that. Something where he was like really eager to do something and he really should have like tagged Sheldon in or something like that. And when that happened, I was like, hmm, interesting. So what I think is going to happen is they're going to win. But when they win, like it's really just going to amp up how like big headed and Cedric, uh, big headed Cedric is. And over time, like Cedric is going to be, isn't they're going to do the angle where like Cedric just gets too big headed and they kick him out. And that kind of like leads to everybody like, breaking up and that's post mania too like but it's, I, I it's like definitely it's definitely black evolution like that's about to happen <laughs> yes like yeah. cedric is randy cedric is yeah. about to be randy and he's yeah. about and then he's about to get randy up out of evolution now Sheldon is not batista let's not get <laughs> yes but um <laughs> cedric is about to get randy orton right up out of, out of the hurt business that's definitely happening like it, it probably like you said won't be like he wins the royal rumble but it'll be some shit where like Cedric wins a beat the cock challenge to challenge Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title. And MVP's like, oh, yeah, take the fall. Like, we know how this goes. It's just business. Da, 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 da. And then Cedric goes, like, a little too hard, loses, but goes a little too hard. And then that starts to unravel. But like, he's definitely about to get, like, thumbs down, power bomb off and shit. Which, you know, it's a good look for Ced. Yeah. yeah. It's a good look. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple other matches for this TLC card. I'm not – I don't – I'm – Sasha and Carmella is happening. We're, we're not discussing that. I don't. I, nope. I, I don't care. Uh, Randy Orton versus the Fiend at TLC, uh, a rehash of the 2017, 2016-2017 storyline where Randy joined the Wyatt family. They had that awful WrestleMania match, um, oh but now, God. now we have the Fiend in the, in the mix. Um, it's it's been really interesting. Um, J Five and Meals were talking on the A Show about how. It's hard to tell who the face and who the heel is here. And, you know, it seemed like they were building the Fiend up to be a baby face around the Roman Braun triple threat time. And, you know, Randy's obviously been a heel for the entirety of 2020. But when, when you look at their interactions and, like, kind of what they're doing to each other, like, both of them are kind of toeing the line, which, which is cool, honestly. Like, and, and, I, and I, I don't dislike heel-heel feuds. So, like, if, if Fiend is, 
you know, heel again, that's, that's perfectly fine to me. Um, I do think the Fiend is going to end up beating Randy. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if, they're gonna, if this is a one-off. I feel like they might keep it going for a while, uh, especially with Bliss in the mix, having, you know, Randy pull up to Moment of Bliss and, and all that. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's cool. I, I, I don't love it, but it's cool. <laughs> Randy, about it. Randy um, this is like, going to sound very flippant. I don't mean to mean it that way. But, like, Randy's, it's about time to put that BLM shit to the test, my boy. We need you. We need you in the streets now. You got to get. You might take this L and then go out and do some social justice work. Cause like you had a hot 2020, but like it's time to take a step back, let somebody else go through. Cause like if you don't beat the fiend, which I don't see him beating the fiend, I don't know why they would do that. Um, what, what else is he about to be doing? Cause like he's, he's not. Edge. Don't yeah, say he's, that. He's gonna face Edge again. He definitely is. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it. Ed, Edge is going to get involved in some way that's going to set up a, a, you know, interaction at the Rumble, and they set that up for Mania, one last blow-off. They go separate brands. But is Edge going to die? Like, can he make it to another match? <laughs> I mean, he signed that multi-year deal. They've got to they've got So did Sting. So we're just doing that. <laughs> so did Sting. Like, we're, just, right. we're just having – Sting is like 60. <laughs> Edge is like 40. <laughs> we're just having people but, do that now. <laughs> and I'm I'm almost positive they're going to try out Sting anytime possible. We're going to get, like, Sting, Darby Allen for, like, three Oh, months. my God. Nasty. Now, if we want to get real dark, they put Sting on AEW Dark. Oh. <laughs> oh, so flaky. Disrespectful. <laughs> he, know, like, he thought WWE disrespected him by having to move <laughs> to Seth and Triple H. You know, signing a multi-year deal with AEW just to be on AEW Dark. Yeah, bro. You and Orange Cassidy getting to it on YouTube, boy. Go back. <laughs> go back to TNA, bro. Like that's. Yeah, they don't love you here, dog. Well, they don't love you here. We're gonna we're gonna get them MJF matches. I'm almost certain of that one too. My God, man. But, but yeah, I just think Randy's got to take the fall. He'll probably just take a little bit off. I guess face Edge because Edge doesn't work every week, so he's not gonna be wrestling every week. So I guess that's what. Okay. So, so here's my piece on the Fiend in general. For one, his character sort of transcends the idea of face and heel dynamics. They can change that on a whim because his character isn't nearly that simple. And for two, um, I don't talk about Bray Wyatt matches. <laughs> <laughs> Because he always suck. loses them. They suck, they too. They suck and he loses. Yeah, they the it takes a generational talent to make Bray Wyatt look as good as he does. We're going to get into it with Daniel Bryan. Well, you know, it's Roman Reigns. And then we've seen Cena do it. Yeah. He's a great storyteller because the Firefly Funhouse was an example of that. But he can't get – he's Husky Harris in the ranks. Just hate to see it. Wow. Hate oh. to see Wyndham Rotunda. Oh my god. <laughs> Home record. <laughs> I hate to see it. Hey, he's winning off. He's winning off the mat though. Hey, yes, sir. He is <laughs> off the mat, though. I mean, that though. He might not be able to work, but that man is working off the mat. Uh, and our our last match for TLC that we we're going to preview, Roman Latrell Reigns versus Kevin D D. I don't know what I'm gonna call Kevin Owens because like he 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 kind of needs like a cool nickname too like yeah. D- Don Trell or like <laughs> Kevin Deshaun Owens or something because Kevin Kevin be talking yeah Deshaun he, he be is working he be wrestling and you know uh, J Five and Mills talked about it on the A Show too like Roman and Kevin have really great chemistry in the ring 
Roman's been talking his ass off, uh, like, in the matches and outside the matches. And, like, I, I love what they're doing with Kevin Owens and, like, actually making him, like, a major player on SmackDown because he's kind of been floundering for a little while. Um, I, I do think Roman's going to end up taking it. Uh, it's, it's a table that has and chairs match. So, like, this – this this leaves, this leaves a lot of opportunity for different things to happen. We got – because Kevin and Daniel Bryan were, like, getting friendly, talking about a tag team. Daniel Bryan has his stuff with Jey Uso. Like, I, some people think they're going to do Bryan versus Sami Zayn or Biggie versus Sami Zayn. But, you know, like, there's so much that can happen. Jey Uso is definitely going to get involved in the match, probably try to help Roman. Perhaps uh, uh, Jay could end up screwing Roman. Um and I, I know J5 tweeted that he would like to see KO win the title off Roman. I don't, I don't know if they're going to have uh, Roman lose the title so soon no. before, before Mania when Goldberg, Goldberg w- w- went on the bump this week saying, like, hey, Coming. Coming. Roman, Roman, you, you ran away from me. Like, hey, and you took the spear from me, but you can't spear like me. So, like, next. like they can run that back. There's always, you know, the rock. So, I, I don't think Roman's going to lose the title. But I think KO pre- presents a much – more f- formidable competition for him than a Jey Uso, than a Bra- – like, we knew Roman was going to beat Braun when, when they faced off on SmackDown. Like, we just knew that. But KO is like K- – KO could actually do it. He's beaten Roman before. So, I think it'll be a good match. How, how, how y'all feeling about it? I think this is going to be one of those matches where it's just – you make – like, this is – and this is the feeling I get. We need to make Kevin Owens look good right now. So, like, this match is really going to make Kevin Owens look good, even though he's going to lose. Like, it's just going to be one of those ones. Like, I think I'm just – honestly, I just want to see what happens. I'm just – I just want to watch the match. Because I, I genuinely have – like, I can't call what's going to happen. And I know Kevin Owens is kind of, like, a sick bastard. So, like, with the TLC thing, like, that aspect, I'm like, oh, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Yeah. One of Kevin Owens' is like, sneaky underrated strengths is that he's a great faller. Like, when Kevin Owens falls off tall things, like, his, like, body, like, goes like really lip he falls very slowly and dramatically and so he's yeah. definitely gonna fall. like i feel like roman is gonna superman punch him off a ladder or some shit he's gonna fall through like four tables like i feel like that's there's definitely be some wild spot where he just like sacrifices his body for vince mcmahon and like people are gonna lose their fucking shit yeah so, so here's what i here's what i think about kevin owens i think he's generally a product of whatever's going on around him he's never going to be the guy that's like always in the main event picture he's like um he's like the swiss army knife in that sort of way you can literally put him you can put yeah. him in the tag division which i think they're going to do once daniel has his feud with uh roman i think they're going to do them two in the tag division for a little bit but the thing is with kevin i don't think he'll ever be the guy that people are going to want him to be he's probably going to be someone more like this it's a little bit too high of an example, but like Kurt Angle, where he was never like Stone Cold or The Rock, but he was like always a player and you can insert him in whatever you need him to perform. Like, that's a great kind of a Christian, like, or maybe higher. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit higher than Christian because Christian spent so much time of his career uh, floundering and then he went to TNA at one point, but like Christian, when he was, feuding with randy yeah i don't think that's too far off of uh of a comparison yeah that's a that's a really good parallel kevin owens kurt angle wow i never thought about that unpopular opinion i think kevin should drop the stunner i don't think it looks good at all yeah like, I, don't, I don't it don't look maybe the stunner never look cool and i'm just thinking of like 12 year old me brain but like it just doesn't look right it, when he does it, it. 
it only looks good on the one person. Like when other people do the stunner, it looks so much choppier. Where yeah, it looks so, with, with 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 Stone Cold, it works because it's like a very defiant, like you know, revolting type of move. So it works in his sort of like badass mentality. Where with Kevin Owens, it's like he's trying for, it, but that's never yeah. gonna really be him. Him, he's like. You know his Papa Power Bomb is where he's special. Yeah, that's I, I love that move, the Papa way Power Bomb. And, and like I remember, so fire. I, I think he did this like Mark Henry once too. I was like, yo, yeah, he can oh, get him up there. Okay, Kev, like <laughs> get him up there. Yeah, he's a big strong boy. I, I think the stunner was a cool way to kind of evolve him a bit, and like in in certain matches, it's been cool. Like like when he did it to Shane McMahon after their ladder match where Shane got fired, that was cool. When when yeah. he when uh, when he was doing it to Seth Rollins during their feud, that was cool. Um, but it's it, it. I feel like his stunner is like too quick. Like like with Steve Austin's, what was a moment? Steve, you know, would hit you yeah. with the middle, middle finger, kick you. Kev just kind of rushes through it a little bit. Like it's not as it's not as poetic. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like that's the thing that people don't pay attention to about Stone Cold and why like he's considered a great by other wrestlers, even though the fans consider him great for their own reasons, is because he knew like little stuff like that. And he talks about it. He was just like, you know, I'm not the guy doing like all these different things, but the things that I'm doing, I'm doing them for a reason. And then like I have mm-hmm. them down for a reason. Like when he does his stunner, it's super duper smooth. Or whatever like it flows beautifully but at the same time he looks like this angry drunk white ball dude just mm-hmm. like grabbing you so like he's able to marry those two things at the same time and no one else can do it yeah. no his one else move, can do his, it. his moves coincide with his character same thing with like a Shawn Michaels yeah. like his uh his moves are a lot more flashy and that makes sense because he's a very flashy character he's you know quote-unquote a sexy boy so it makes sense why you know he does a super kick and he does all the big pageantry that goes along with his moveset right yeah so as i said to open the show uh we got our guest caleb here he's a super talented wrestling writer as i said he's written some of my favorite uh wrestling content this year uh we're gonna specifically get into three articles he's written um and some cool conversations surrounding those the first one being uh top 10 matches this year i wanted to go around the circle uh and everyone name one of their favorite matches uh, from from this year. Twenty twenty has been a good year for wrestling, so I'm interested in hearing y'all, 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 y'all selections for this. Ooh. Let me go last. Okay. okay. I, I can I can say like you know my favorite from the list. If you haven't read, my favorite yeah. is the the Royal Rumble this year. I was there live, and Ooh. that match. That match means a lot to me personally because that was the same day that Kobe died. So I went there, like, with down spirits. I walked into the building and, like, the energy was, like, off. And then it took a little bit for the crowd to get up to it. The women's rumble sort of got there, but it wasn't, like, it was something off in the building where everyone was kind of down a little bit. And then when the men's rumble came, it, it was totally different. Like, people were emphatic about, you know, Brock being eliminated. And everybody was, like, booing and whatnot. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was a unique approach to a pretty straightforward match. And then when Edge came back, like, that was the one moment where I didn't have to sit with the grief of Kobe passing. And, you know, that was – you know, it was the one time where I felt comfortable being like nerdy and geeky in front of a room full of people that I didn't know. There was people next to me 
that I didn't know and we were all like dapping each other up we were talking and whatnot it was the one time where I didn't feel ashamed to be like within the wrestling community because it generally has so many people that are like just gross yeah (laughs) people who have the people people who like I I walked in there and I was kind of anticipating someone next to me that didn't smell good (laughs) you know that's how it goes yeah, but but you know it was a line of people. We all uh, it was a row of people, and we all had different viewpoints on wrestling. But it didn't really affect how we watched the product. We all looked at it for different things. Mm-hmm. And I I think you know that was the one time that, that um that I found a match to be like important for me, rather than it just being like a great match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think for for myself, just thinking, I'm looking at some matches now. Um, it's hard to pick just one, but it's a lot of them. Like off the top of my head, are these Io Shirai matches. I think Io Shirai is everything. Like I think she's like she's the she's she's probably like, the best wrestler in the world right now. Yeah, she's just like so incredibly talented. I the first one that comes to mind is the, the one in your house, the her and Charlotte and Rhea Charlotte match. And Rhea. But then like the one she just had that that War Games, like that human trash can spot was like. Legend. I was like, I know Jeff Hardy somewhere. Like, damn, why not think of that dog? Damn it, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> like he pissed somewhere now. I'm thinking he should have thought of that first. Like she's just like fully commits to everything. Kind of like you were saying in your article. Like you could tell her charisma, even when she's like not speaking English. Like, you could just feel it. Mm-hmm. Like easily, in my opinion, top five interest in the company. Like that beat goes so hard when it comes in, and like mm-hmm. the black with like the strobe light. It's just like. Her presentation with her character, with her gear, with her finisher, with her moveset is all so good. And then and you put it with it, some – oh, you go. Sorry. It, it can transition well to the main roster, which I think Definitely. is really beneficial for her. I think the problem with Kyrie Sane is that – and with people that come out of NXT in general, that their characters can be a little bit niche to yep. the surroundings that they're in. So you can have somebody like – I don't know this guy stinks to me even in NXT but like Ty Dillinger he was you know he was like you know oh my gosh we love Ty Dillinger really people like to chant yeah dumb ten thing but like it was a niche audience so people were like into it they would be into like blue pants or something too yeah so people like the interest people don't like Bobby <laughs> right and those things don't transition well to people that aren't like within that niche community mm-hmm. where with Io Shirai she's like Oscar where you know with a slight tweak of her character which Io Shirai has already done you know she becomes someone that can exist in any scenario that you need her to be in yeah no nah, she's fire CC what you got okay so I know what mine is I had to go back because I have a terrible memory I know what mine is though Keith Lee Adam Cole mm. man the double one, the boys. double champ one was cooking out and then like i also remember like i don't know i just remember the whole time watching i was just like it's weird because i remember when i was a i was a kid i didn't feel like uh like when i was seeing like edge come up i felt like when he finally got to that next level like i didn't even like see it really happening i was just like there but in that moment what i was watching i was like yo i'm watching two people who like 20 years from now, we're going to be like, so those were some of like the best, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, 
they they just entertain so well in the ring. I don't know what it is. Keith Lee has this thing where he can just walk around, be who he is, and then just like slow, like he'll say one or two phrases very clearly though, like where you can hear them and then just get back to beating that nigga ass. <laughs> like I just, and then like just Adam, you know, he's cool the, just the way he's, honestly, he just reminds me of HBK in a lot of ways. And that yeah. is probably why I'm biased toward him, towards him. But yeah, that was my favorite match. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, go ahead. So I was gonna say my my I, I was I was actually gonna say that match too, but my my favorite part of that match was Keith Lee's commentary. Like, y- y'all remember Johnny Gargano? Like, because yeah. <laughs> he he destroyed Johnny, destroyed Johnny Gargano. the week before, or like two weeks before. I think the triple triple threat was two weeks before, maybe. Um, and then he was like, I, I must break him, and then like he goes up to the rope and hits the moonsault on Cole, and then like at, at the end, well, when he's like lifting him up, like. And then, and then he does a what, what's his finisher uh, called? Big Bang catastrophe. Big Bang yeah. catastrophe. It was it was just like the the build up, how much Cole sold for him. Like Cole gave him so yeah. much. And Adam Cole is really cool. Like I I really like Adam Cole as well. He's he's just a generally cool presence, charismatic, great in the ring, and like to to give Keith Lee that rub was was incredible. But but Keith made it for me with the way he talked mid match. I must break him. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. (laughs) What's cool about Adam Cole to me is that he sort of transitions, transcends the fact that he's, like, a super small dude. Like, compared to everybody else, he's, like, super miniature. But the the way that he carries himself and the way that, you know, uh, yeah, just the way that he carries himself, the way that he talks, he sort of transcends the idea that he's just another small dude. Yeah. He also doesn't have like a small dude moveset. Like obviously like yeah. the Panama Sunrise, you have to be like really athletic to do, but like he doesn't really do a lot of high spots. He's really just like selling for most of the match and then like hitting finishers. Yeah. My my one problem with him is actually like depending on the match, his selling can be downright atrocious. Like um the 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 Gargano matches and particularly was, the Champa ma- the Champa matches. There were so are, many like, Gargano the, matches. That's why at the end he was like, "All right, bro. Like, how many times I gotta yeah. kill this fucking Gargano but, escape? Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> especially like in those matches that require you to go a long time. He doesn't yeah. really like spend time with the moves. So like with Champa, you know, they can do the stupid thing off the cage. And like if he kicks out, everybody will be shocked. But then I'll just be like, all right, come on. Like, seriously. Mm. You're dead. Yeah. Uh, my match, I, this might be a sleeper. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak from Drew Gulak from Elimination Chamber. That was a good match. Very, very technically sound. That, that's like one of those technical classics. Like, like you see those names next to each other and you know you're going to see some pure, beautiful, poetic wrestling. And like, again, Brian was selling his ass off for Drew and Drew, and Drew was whooping him. Like, like Brian looked like he was gen, gen, genuinely struggling and he had to find his way out. And he ended up making Drew tap out, if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. like, but his journey there, it, like, it was very believable that Brian might take that L and it wouldn't like Brian puts people over. So him putting over, like letting Gulak get the win would have been dope. But in the end, Brian prevailed, but I just like seeing him fall on his neck so many times. Like it, it was, it was, it was, it was concerning. It was, it kind of reminds me of the Brock Brian match, which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. later where Brock was just German suplex after German suplex and Brian just looked limp. And then he, he kind of, you know, like played Brock and found his way to win. Well, he, he didn't win that match, but with, with Drew, he found a way to win it. And uh, yeah, I, I really love that match. So 
yeah, that would be that would be mine. Um, and actually, speaking of Daniel Bryan, who's our main event for uh, the show, uh, transitioning to Caleb's wrestlers as rapper article. I particularly loved how Caleb, and I thought this was genius. He compared Daniel Bryan's run to Future's run, Future's yep. uh, 2015 mixtape run. And reading that, I was like, yo, that is perfect. Like, that's li- literally perfect. Like, I couldn't think of a better comparison for a rapper for, for Daniel Bryan. Like, it, it just made, like, the most sense in the world. So I, I wanted Caleb to speak a little bit about how he, how, how he came to that before we get into my question for this. Well, I think it's pretty easy to go with somebody that's like, you know, the, the underdog, somebody who is like super likable. I think what the most interesting qualities about Daniel Bryan is when he like goes as a heel, which is why I think his run uh, as like the, the crazy vegan dude uh, when he was champion, I think that's one of the best runs uh, a wrestler has had within WWE. And I compared it to Future because I was like, okay, nobody has had a stretch that dominant with such with such matches that are like astounding. Like my when I rank Daniel Bryan matches from that run, two of his best matches are from that era. And with Future, you know, his best albums, his best projects to me are like DS2 and uh, either Monster or uh, 56 nights mm-hmm. it's one of those two so I think of those runs sort of equally where it's like okay they're nothing but dominant and you know it, it gets sort of underrated when you go before and after but you know when you look at each little area in which they thrive you find those gems but the one that always sticks out is that is those two runs that they had that's dope I want to thank you for pointing out that uh, Daniel Bryan's run as the the super nature guy was genius because it absolutely was the, the entire time the entire time during that run I was like oh he's he's really leaning into it wow this is like but it was funny because if you was listening to him when he was promo it was like he was really cooking was as right. a good promo but he was really like re- yeah it, he was actually telling the truth so it was like oh, this is really good because it reminds you of a villain and a story whose motive, like the reason why they're doing what they're doing, like it's a good reason to act on things. It's just that what you're doing isn't the right thing. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I really liked the article. Again, I said, I told you I had some notes. Here's one of them. The Brock Lesnar is Eminem comparison is just right there. It's just <laughs> so obvious to me that Brock Lesnar is Eminem. Like, I don't know how... How am I the only person to tell you? He has the early run. People fuck with the Marshall Mathers LP heavy. Just like people used to fuck with Brock. He leaves, comes back. And people try to front now like they didn't listen to Eminem. People try to front now like they don't like Brock Lesnar, like he wasn't the next big thing. But when Brock, when he does Brock Party, when he gives you that Royal Rumble, you mercy. I guess I do fuck with Brock. I do fuck with Brock the long way. And I just feel like that's the same if you feel like Eminem. That's like the only thing. Cause I, I'm so glad what you said about Nas because I don't know why niggas cap on that nigga. If you're not from New York, he's not a big deal. Yes. <laughs> so glad what you said about Dean Ambrose because Dean Ambrose, the idea, the pure idea of Dean Ambrose as John Moxley is so it's much great. more interesting mm-hmm. than the actual wrestler. Like it's so mm-hmm. much cooler to think about what he could do than what he actually does. But yeah, that was one of the things that like Brock Lesnar Eminem, it's right there. That is the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. How could you say that? 
That is, <laughs> do you know how bad Eminem is now? Oof. Okay. Just telling right, you, fine. just telling you. All right. Is a first thing I thought of. D- disclaimer for, for Eminem fans. If you're listening to it, fast forward a little bit. Eminem also, also, also spit out your Mountain Dew now. Spit out your Mountain Dew. Right, before, <laughs> right now. Eminem is nowhere near like the all-time discussion at all. Even if you factor in like, oh, his early run, it was good. But, you know, when you have a album, it's been 20 years since that album. Yeah. Brock has been good, whether people want to admit it or not, because of, I don't know, booking decisions or whatever. Brock has been good. Brock versus Daniel Bryan is my favorite match ever. Brock versus Finn Balor Fire. is great. Brock Fire. versus AJ Styles is great. Brock has heaters with Roman Reigns. Brock versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Brock versus Seth Rollins and John Cena. It's all right there. Even had a few underrated matches with uh, old ass Undertaker. Samoa Joe too. Brock that he did with Samoa, Samoa Joe match is good. His Samoa Joe match is fantastic. So if we're comparing him to Eminem, we're gonna assume that recovery is good. We're gonna assume that revival is good. We're gonna. Y'all ain't fuck with that BT cipher. Y'all don't fuck with that BT cipher. That was his Brock party. Oh my god! Yeah, that was his Brock run. Oh my god! Yeah, we're we're gonna assume that. What Brock versus Daniel Bryan is Marshall Mathers LP two. Like we're not gonna do this right now. That's not no. <laughs> that is Absolutely. pretty disrespectful. That's so disrespectful considering just how good Brock is and just how underrated he is. Now, if you're a casual wrestling fan and you don't like Brock, then sure I'd just be like, Yeah, sure, you can make that comparison if you don't like Brock. But if you like Brock, Brock. don't even put him in the same discussion as him. That is filthy. <laughs> I, I I told you before we got on. Channing is a wild man with a wild mind. So, yeah. You know that. But the question I want to ask, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Caleb and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. What rapper would you compare Seth Rollins to? Royce the Five Nine. That was disrespectful. <laughs> that, that was so that was so rude. That is, I, but it's not even disrespectful to Royce. And I just want to say this Royce is not. I'm not I love Royce. I, love Royce. <laughs> I don't know why I said. That. I think it's something about Eminem. Um, it would have to be someone like, shit, I don't even know. Like, someone like Dirk or NBA Youngboy, who's, like, popular, but, like, better as a feature. And, like, you don't want, uh, I don't necessarily want to listen to a whole Dirk album, but Mm -hmm. I'll fuck with some Dirk features, especially if I'm in the right mood. And, like, he'll go on a run of, like, three good songs I really fuck with, but, like, I don't need to hear Street Justice for, like, 60 minutes. I don't need to hear that. So that, that I don't know who exactly, but it'd be someone of that ilk, like a Dirk, maybe even the baby. Honestly, I might even, actually actually that's who I would go with the baby because it's like the baby has his thing and people fuck with the baby, and Seth has his things. But when you get too much of the baby, you kind of get sick of it. Just like people kind of got sick of Seth's channel. So that's who I would go with the baby because you can never so, say he's bad, but like yeah, that's why I would go with. So I'm gonna go the opposite way. I fuck with Seth super duper heavy. Like, I fuck with says, like, matches really super-duper heavy. For some reason, I don't know why, but I can, like, it's something that I can listen to all the time, kind of like who the person that I'm going to compare him to, which is Lil Baby. I can listen to Lil Baby 
the like and I have if you looked at my raps <laughs> or whatever it says all have you have been listening to is weird rock music and Lil Baby and Gunna but like honestly like it's Lil Baby because and the reason why I say it is because like I'm looking at Lil Baby's like 2018-2020 run which is kind of how I felt I think it's like what was it it's kind of like what 2016 up to kind of 2018 I would say maybe what's that I don't know if that was the right timing I get my years oh, we're talking about the, ba the baby face I baby see. face yeah, yeah. 2018 18 was yeah i see I yeah remember, i think that was 18 i, I remember telling arm on my hot take about that that whole time period what was it yeah that was that time for me like watching that because the re the, and the reason why i felt that way is because the same way i feel about little baby i don't listen to niggas rap like I don't listen to niggas rap and that's how it was with uh, wrestling at that time and, and these guys know it. like I was coming back around like the mid 2010s it was like 2016 2017 I was coming back so when I was coming back he was one of the first people that I was just like okay I can watch this guy every fucking week like and that's how I feel about Lil Baby where I'm just like a lot of y'all niggas rap but this nigga be rapping <laughs> and I can listen to this nigga every day <laughs> um I was so with me, I don't, and I don't know people. Some people consider this guy a rapper. So some people consider him an R and B artist. But to me, I, I look at Seth as someone who, in the ring, he enhances a lot of people. He makes a lot of people look better. And I think of Ty Dolla Sign, who that's you, that's you, good you that's put good you put that's, him that's a really good one actually. You put Ty on anything, and he's he's making the song super heat. And yeah, you know, like. They definitely beat the whole Seth, Ray, Dominic thing into our heads and into our eyes and screens. But Seth was making Dominic look really good. Seth and Murphy versus Ray and Dominic was really good. The cage match they had was really good. Seth versus Ray, the eye, uh, the eye for an eye match was also very good. Seth KO, good. And like KO d d doesn't need that rub. Ray doesn't need that rub. But Seth still does a like Ty, like Ty Dolla Sign goes to good songs and makes them great. Yes. Ray, Ray, at this stage in, in in his career, you know he's not he's not the guy we watched in the early two thousands, but he's he's still solid in the ring. But Seth made him look better. Dominic is f figuring out his way. You you put Seth uh you put Seth there. It's like putting Ty Dolla on on a song with fucking uh, Blast or like some some new artist. Like it's just he 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 just does a good job of making it making it bigger, making it more of a moment. So I I, I just want to say. Armand, that's the best fucking like yes, comparison for the, you just killed mine. I'm gonna take yeah. my one, yeah, and I'm gonna plug for even though I hate that label, I'm gonna plug for them or whatever and say you need if you're not doing anything right now. As soon as this podcast ends, you go on your music app and you listen to "Lift Me Up" by Ty Dolla Sign. Oh yeah, and you go to heaven real quick. You feel oh, yeah. what God is like. Oh baby, real quick because Ty Dolla Sign oh, is go. Yeah, <laughs> that nigga cannot be stopped. Yeah, yeah I like that cool. one. That was a good one. Thank you, thank you, uh, Caleb. Uh, I remember you and I talked about possibly comparison comparing Seth Rollins to J Cole. I've thought about it a little more. I don't, I don't, I don't really like that comparison no more. Um, but I do, I do want you to give the guys your hot take on his on his baby face IC runs since we're here and you know you brought it up. Y'all gonna kill me, but I don't think that run was very good. Like, like quality wise, or was it interesting? I don't think it was very he I don't buy Seth Rollins as a baby. Uh, I don't buy him. Oh, so it's his voice. so them try, so them it's not even it's the like I don't he's not very likable like <laughs> as a character. Nope. So when you this only worked when he was with Brock and 
it only it only worked then and then when they kept trying to go further with the fiend i was like oh back to that not working again and then i think back on that ic run he faced Dolph. Z- he faced like a long stretch with Dolph ziggler didn't care for it. Like three doesn't every days. doesn't doesn't every icy run have that though? Isn't that an essential <laughs> part of any icy run? You gotta run? face Dolph. You, you gotta, gotta face, face Dolph six times. <laughs> you gotta get your Dolph runs in if you're gonna be <laughs> icy champ. You gotta get them in. I didn't like the Dolph run. I thought the Finn match was was good. I just yeah. don't remember very well. And yeah. I think the Miz match was good from the vague. You know, I vaguely remember it, but then. After the Dolph one, he ended up going to Bobby Lashley, I think. Uh, Dean. He went to Dean. And Dean. Dean won it for him. That rivalry was egregious. Horrible. It's not, that like, rivalry it's not about was it. egregious. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's why I compared uh, Dean Ambrose to Big Sean. <laughs> yeah. Because he is it, he's extremely mid. There is no good... Um, there's no good Dean Ambrose solo match, but I can ignore Big Sean when he's on like Mercy. <laughs> I can ignore him on Mercy. Same thing with the Shield matches. The you, I'm coming for Seth and Roman. I'm not coming for Dean Ambrose. He doesn't do yeah. anything of note in those matches. He lost his sauce when he stopped combing his hair for real. That's when he lost all his juice. <laughs> When he stopped, when he stopped combing his hair, slicking it back, Dean lost all his songs. I don't know what the fuck who got into his ear. It was like, hey, bro, let that shit go. But he lost all his jig when he did that. Right now he's got the right now he's got like the Homer Simpson joint going on. He's balding. Yeah, he's like super widow's peak balding, and like needs to let it go. He's getting ready for fatherhood. Getting Um, ready for impact. (laughs) Tuesdays. (laughs) My God. Um, in the interest of getting to our main discussion, we're going to skip over the Shayna Baszler article right into what we're really here to discuss. I said it earlier. The main event is the indie darling, the, the, the yes movement. A lot of people's goat talking about Daniel Bryan. Now, Daniel, as as I said, he was, he was an indie boy, uh, was doing his thing all over the world, came to the WWE, uh, debuted in. Uh, the original version of a- NXT, where it was more competition-based, a lot of wacky games. Uh, he ended up, I think he was like ranked like eighth. Uh, he was one of the first people eliminated, and then he ended up coming back as part of the Nexus. Was kicked, was fired from the WWE for being too aggressive, and then John Cena brought him back uh, in, in that seven-on-seven versus the Nexus. Um, and then from there, Daniel went on his solo run, uh, and you know a, a lot of things happened. He's he's had an incredible career. Uh, what I want to start with, and this has to do with another article Caleb wrote, um, and I, the way I look at WWE now, like, I, I, I call John Cena the GOAT, but I also call The Undertaker my GOAT, and a lot of people call Stone Cold a GOAT or Shawn Michaels, so I, I, I think there's multiple GOATs. There, there's, there, there's a Mount Rushmore, but it's hard to limit it to just four, and everyone's going to have their own personal selections anyways. Daniel Bryan, though. Does he belong in that wrestling goat conversation to you all? Do you want me uh, to go? Or, yeah, go for it. You go. <laughs> okay, so my argument, I think that no one uh, uh, does every single aspect of the wrestling business better than Daniel Bryan. So whether it, you know, whether it's in-ring, whether it's promos, 
whether it's the comedy stuff, whether it's the serious stuff, whether it's in your WWE, he has successfully transitioned into every aspect of wrestling that was required of him. So when I go back to ROH, like he would have been one of the best just off just off of his indie run. But the fact that he improved in WWE says a lot about just how great he was. The way that I view my greatest of all time ranking, my four is probably Daniel Bryan, Ric Flair, Eddie Guerrero, and uh, Kurt Angle. And that's because they, they, they mastered every single aspect of wrestling. You know, there wasn't a single hole in their game. They can do anything that was required of them. And they have the classics to back it up. I'll say as a disclaimer, like part of my thing with Daniel Bryan is like um, his main run. The same way I feel about CM Punk. His main run, I was not watching wrestling. I think we, yeah, I was in college. Same. I just for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. was not watching wrestling. So I've missed that whole, like the whole WrestleMania 30 shit. I didn't see it until like after the, way after the fact. Yeah. And so here's like. The, here's the thing. That was, a, that was a rough era, but he was one of the only good moments. Yeah, that's what I hear is that like he was. Great, but it's just it was one of the only like there was there was time like the women's wrestling hadn't taken off the the tag team scene wasn't valued gross uh, the mid the mid card you know there was a whole bunch of wrestlers that nobody cared about that got pushed like there was a Curtis Axel IC title run and that's because they didn't have enough people to work with but Daniel Bryan was consistently that guy to put over those main event uh, situations yeah yeah and so. I think that's part of my not hang up with him, but why I don't have the certain reverence that a lot of people have. Cause I miss that. But to your earlier point too, I've like never been a big underdog guy at any really story, unless it's like a, you know, like a sports movie or something. And so I like heel Daniel Bryan much better than yes. Movie Daniel Bryan. I think the heel Daniel Bryan is really, really good character. And like, like you said, like he doesn't do anything <laughs> bad. Like there's nothing where I can be like, Oh, that was, that was some mid Danny. Like even like I said, team hell no. Even he had Rowan here mm-hmm. looking like a Portland God, just bearded out. And people were just like, yeah, I'm with it. I'll do it. I'm down. Like I'm I was sold it. on Rowan as soon as he showed up Rowan. next to Daniel. I was like, okay, I'm interested in Rowan now. <laughs> and he yeah, did that. They and had, and they Shannon, oh sorry, go ahead. They had a heat match. Uh Daniel, Rowan, Roman, and uh, I want to say um Brody Lee, Luke Harper. Yeah. They had a crazy match at one of the pay-per-views. So I was like, oh, they can heat matches out of Eric Rowan. And that, as a result of Daniel Bryan being so good, they gave Eric Rowan his own character with the stupid snake thing. <laughs> that's oh, my true. gosh. I forgot about the cage <laughs> that, thing. Oh, that, my God. That, that's, that's how good Daniel Bryan is. He gets other people to get their own thing, and they can sink or swim with or without. And they can Damn. sink or swim. I love that you said that because two things. One, back to Channing's point uh, about loving Daniel Bryan as a hill. That's what makes me like him even more right now because I feel like Daniel Bryan in this point in his career, he transcends being a superstar on the WWE wrestler or roster yeah. or whatever. He's just like, it's like he's Daniel Bryan is his own entity. And speaking back to the comedy, um, Caleb, I think you mentioned um, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, the COVID joke where he pushed, um, I think where he pushed mid and he was like, social distancing. I was just like, <laughs> genius. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Like, this it. is, 
this is how you do it. Cause he was quiet the entire time. So you're just wondering what he's thinking. Finally, he pushes him. You think, oh, this is the thing where the wrestler pushes the other guy. So they're mad. Oh, they're going to get mad. Go have a match. And he just says, social distancing. Like, come on. And the guy is just killer. And then to the point of like, like him being able to put people over. What I love about him is that he doesn't put people over he puts people over the right way because he really puts them over. Like, what I loved about Kofi winning was that when he won, I didn't feel like Dave Daniel gave it to him. It didn't feel mm -hmm. like he gave it to them. Like, when I was watching the match and the sequencing of the match, I'm like, oh, like, he really surprised him with that. Like, mm -hmm. that, like, this is, it just feels like, oh, like, Kofi really, like, was in the right place at the right time and then, boom, won the match. Where, like, and even though we all going into it, we kind of felt like, oh, yeah, he's probably going to win it or whatever, and we know Daniel Bryan, so we know Daniel Bryan's probably going to put him over or whatever. But even knowing that he's going to put him over, Daniel Bryan still finds a way to do it and make you believe that that actually happened. That is, like, it speaks to your point about like, mastering everything in wrestling. Yeah, this guy is, like, it's next level, man. It's next level. And it, it's extremely smart when you consider – we'll get to, you know, his injury stuff when we get to the rewriting. But post-injury, uh, that – accounted for you know just how smart he was because before he was a lot more reckless he used a lot more of his body that's what made his match versus Morishima and ROH so good because like even with the messed up eye or whatever he threw his body at it and you felt the match now that his neck is all screwed up and he has to take that into account he uses that fact and he uses that context to his advantage and it makes his matches more interesting so when a spot happens when brock you know throws him around for five minutes it's like you're actually concerned about him yeah and that's what that's like genius stuff and like yeah. so him not putting his body on the line it values smarter wrestling and smarter storytelling yeah yeah 100 yeah. um, i do have one question before yeah. we get too deep into it maybe this is like a dumb thing because i wasn't watching what's with the furry boots why was that a thing I've always wondered that. I think it had like, to, I, I think it had to do with like stick? Uh, they were calling him like the goat or something like because because yeah, uh, his uh, his diving headbutt was called the flying goat. Like there was this whole goat thing surrounding oh. him with like the beard and his long hair and mm -hmm. all that. So I think it was just part of the the goat. Uh, I always wondered that because I thought he was like the American dragon. I'm like this isn't very dragony. This yeah. is yeah, it's, it's quite furry. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I, you know, looking fuzzy. I kinda, <laughs> I, I kind of chopped it up to the way that Keith Lee is wearing, like, his little tank top or whatever. Like, Same, I yeah. That Someone in I the kinda, back. Yeah, I kind of assumed it was like, all right, you know, he's kind of working it just because that's what he has to do. Yeah. Cool. So, to get into the rewriting, uh, as we know, Daniel's first world title run, he won uh, with the Money in the Bank briefcase. So this was a pretty underwhelming run for me. I didn't really like it. I was glad they had Sheamus beat him in, like, eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Bro kicked him to God. <laughs> But then we get into the good stuff. The the yes movement starts to pick up. He has some great matches with Randy Orton and Sheamus. And John Cena picks him uh, to face at SummerSlam 2013. Uh, Brian ends up going over Cena only to get cashed in on by Randy Orton. And then this builds us up to SummerSlam 30. Uh, the And Daniel's popularity was just undeniable at that point. So Daniel beats Triple H to get into the, tri the, the triple third match between Randy Orton and Batista. Then he uh, makes Batista tap out, and he wins uh, the WWE title. And this is the, the, this was his moment. This was where the Yes movement culminated. I believe they were calling it Yes Yeselmania, which is kind of corny. I don't really like it. Um, but 
we were there. And then he doesn't hold the title too long because he has an injury. He has to give it up. Um, but we're here to kind of see, you know, what would we do had that injury not occurred? You know, how, how long would Brian's run have been? Who would it have made sense to drop the title to? And what feuds would we have liked to see? Uh, so let's start with, with our guest. Um, pretending Brian's injury never happens. Where does okay. he go next? After okay, so Kane. He, yeah, it was Kane at Extreme Rules he defended against. And then, yeah, because Kane joins the authority, puts the mask back on, and yeah, it was Kane. So, so here's the big... Um, here's the big disclaimer that I had to think about it with in reference to his injury. I thought originally that even if his injury doesn't happen and he has to retire, I eventually think that that injury would eventually catch up to him just because of the style that he wrestled. Mm. So I'm, so I'm just thinking under the guys that his injury history isn't even a factor. Mm -hmm. And I think his run, I think the crowd is behind him enough, and I think he's a smart enough wrestler for a lengthy, a lengthier title run to be warranted. But I do think that we eventually get that match versus Roman at Fastlane mm. uh, at some point in the future because he's clearly the guy, whether the fans wanted to see it or not. But uh, I think Daniel Bryan is such a strong character that he can make Roman a lot more palatable than he was because I I think Roman doesn't didn't work for so long just as a result of Daniel Bryan being hurt and they wanted to see the arc naturally conclude if that arc naturally concludes and he's presented in a palatable manner I think Roman goes over a lot easier and I think that's who you eventually drop it to whether it's uh let's see those post mania so i think maybe SummerSlam or like a survivor series because i don't think they were doing champion versus champion yet no. so somewhere one of those bigger pay-per-views because you want to make roman the big guy yeah big four for sure but yeah yeah so you don't want to give it to him on like i don't know payback <laughs> nah <laughs> nah but that but that's my thought bro. i think if his injuries aren't even a factor and they don't catch up with him at all, I think that he does get a lengthier title run because I think the thing is with wrestling, people get hurt, so their investment and their trust in you to hold on to that title is hindered a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's the problem that Finn Balor had. The fact that he got hurt, he was probably going to hold the title for a while, but the fact that he got hurt, you know, it made it to the point where it was like, all right, I don't know if we can trust him to hold the title without him getting hurt. There's usually that that period of time where they're like, all right, we have our guys that are reliable that don't get hurt that can carry the company with us. And then there's the guys that we know are good, but we have to make sure that they're that they can stay healthy to be in that upper echelon. That's the issue that Finn Balor had, and that's the issue that Daniel Bryan had when he came back after uh, his injury. He went into the IC run because they were like, all right, I don't know if he's going to be, like, healthy to be in the top discussion yet. So let's throw on a, a title that holds a little bit lesser stakes. Yeah. So him beating Cena was one I, huge, a huge look by Cena to put him over. Um, and I thought that was a really, really great match. That's one of my favorite matches of the, the uh, decade. 
And I've always wondered what a longer John Cena, Daniel Bryan feud would have looked like. I remember when we talked about Cena in episode three and him turning heel, I thought that would have been a good moment for Cena to turn heel uh, had Randy not cashed in. Like Cena's like, you know, Cena chooses to give Bryan the match because he respects him and then he loses and he's kind of like, oh, you know, I I picked him because I respected him, but I didn't think he could beat me. And now he beat me. So like my, my, my ego is messed up. Like, nah, like we, we got to run this back. And, you know, so, so we go from like SummerSlam to maybe even like Survivor Series. Uh, well, that's, that's kind of long. Uh, John Cena, Daniel Bryan. But how do you guys, how would you have felt about a long Cena Bryan feud? And would Cena end up getting the title back from Bryan at, at, at a certain point? I think obviously in real life. Yeah. Cause Cena doesn't, just tails. That's just not what happens in WWE. So in real life, yeah, eventually does. I think it probably goes to like maybe like a SummerSlam to like a Hell in a Cell and Extreme Rules. Like you have a blow off that's like has a stipulation or some shit to it. Um, but I think it is to your original point. One of them has to turn. I don't think you can have this whole like I respect you for six mm-hmm. months because that's not interesting. Like yeah. certain points, like is that your boyfriend like why do you respect him so much like get over it yeah, like, like, just beat him up like and that's that's kind of what they did with daniel and aj uh because uh did daniel and aj were like faces but they had that weird tension and like and to me it looked like aj was the one who was gonna turn and then we see in in their title match brian you know ends up low blowing him and he just kind of runs with it and ends up winning the title and it's like okay but brian's the heel but you know me i, th- I thought aj was gonna turn um, and it was cool how, how they kind of surprised us in that way with uh, Brian turning. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of see some parallels in that in that situation. Yeah. I think, speaking of other people, and this is just like, again, this would not ne- well, not that it would never happen, but at this point it probably wouldn't happen. I think it would have been cool to see him. I said, Roman is the realistic take. I think you get the Brock match earlier. That would be my personal choice, mm. is that you get the Brock match early, kind of cut out the middleman, because that's eventually where you go. You're going there eventually, so mm-hmm. just, like, let's just get to it. Um, then there's, like, Galaxy Brain, which is, like, Undertaker, which is just, like, more so for the aesthetic of, like, it can Daniel Bryan really make Undertaker look good? Then there's, like, Super yeah. Galaxy Brain, which is Stardust. And that's just so we don't get AEW. That's the only reason for that. Is that oh if he drops the, if he drops a Cody, maybe we don't have to deal with, you know, that whole thing. This has been kind of, imagine imagine giving the Stardust character a title to begin with. That is disgusting. Yeah. He does one thing, thing I think about during that that I would like to see John Cena and, and Daniel Bryan go longer and I would like to see Cena be the heel. Um, I would have liked to have seen that. Another thing is when you guys are talking about him and Roman, I think because of Daniel Bryan, we get Roman being able to, well, I mean, I don't know. The time was different, so maybe not or whatever, but we get more of Roman person, Roman's personality like we see it now or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think before, like, they, like people in the back knew about Roman's personality, and that's a big reason why the big dog thing became a thing because, like, that's how they saw him. But I know for him, like, looking at him now, he had to be thinking, like, bro, I'm more than that. Like, and like, right. it, it, he had to be thinking it. So, and he, I can't imagine how long he was thinking it or whatever. So I think about back then, and I'm like, what if Daniel Bryan could have gave a little bit of what we're seeing? Like, he could have been the reason why we saw what we're seeing now or a little mm-hmm. bit of it sooner. Like, I think about that possibility. Okay, so to everyone's point, you mentioned that we get Brock earlier. 
I think that's totally possible, but I do think that ruins Roman's like likability factor with the fans because they're like, oh, they were just doing that so they could do Brock versus Roman. And I think Daniel Bryan is the perfect kind of guy to make uh, Roman look much better than he was. Sort of like Cena, but people already have the preconceived notion about Cena. So with Daniel, people are like a lot more receptive because he is that sort of guy. But if you do that, you did mention uh, you did mention Undertaker, and that one I think I think that's the big match that happens. If I think that's what I think that's what happens in the end. I, if you um, if Daniel doesn't get hurt, we eventually get Daniel versus Taker. Yeah, something like you have this yes movement that's the people, but like. I'm really the force of nature here. Like I'm like you think you have all these people on your side, line, but I'm dealing with something much deeper than that. I'm way stronger than it. Yeah, I control the darkness. I got, I got like no what do they call them? Nomads, whatever he calls those people who like yeah. hold the torches. The druids. Like, druids. The druids. That's what they're called. Druids. Nomads. So, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was someone at D and I knew that. But yeah, it would, <laughs> it would be that. It would be something like you have all these people and you think they love you. You're their idol, but I'm like the devil. And you got to go through me if you really want to be this like exalted presence. He had the haircut around that time, right? Yeah, he had a uh, weak ass mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it. Uh, I think with that match, it also represents something bigger. Taker is like the WWE guy to end all WWE guys. Mm-hmm. So, so you have like the guy who came in and wasn't like the homegrown WWE guy, and then you have the guy that is probably like the embodiment of WWE itself, the pageantry, all the theatrics, like Undertaker is the WWE guy. And then you have a guy that's coming in and acting like he runs the place. That could be Taker's angle there. What does Taker do with the two belts though? It's a lot of metal for him to just like- (laughs) Oh, for- Oh, for the title! Oh no, mm. I was, I was, I don't think, I don't think that happens for the title. Yeah, but, I wouldn't want Undertaker in a title match at that point. No, oh, no, no, no. Definitely, what I, I mean. thought <laughs> that's gross. definitely what I was talking about. No, 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 no. I thought just as like a pure match concept, which no. I think is eventually what that leads to. I think Daniel drops the realistically. Belt to yeah, I think Daniel drops the belt to to uh, probably Roman, and then that yeah. leads to. Brian versus uh, Brian versus Taker, and then that delays the Bray Wyatt match. Which, thank God, thank God. When was the last Taker title match? Like 2010? Like I feel like he has that title. Like I feel like that is. Nah, I think did about it. Ever, like for his, did he ever face Brock for it, or was those non? Ah, yeah, no, it was just title matches. I think his last title match might no no Punk was, was like it Batista 2009. I think. He 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 was he he was feuding with Kane in 2010. Kane beat him like three pay per views in a row, and then that was when he started working like once a year at at Mania's. That that started the 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 two Sean matches and then the two Triple H matches. Right, right, right. And then he was you know I'll I'll see you once a year. And then 2015 he came out like three times for Brock. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's been quite some time since we've seen Undertaker title match. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Like like Bray, he kind of exceeds the need for a title. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's like, why does this demon want a belt? Like, what? Right, that yeah. doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> like, what does he need that for? Now, mm-hmm. something I'm interested in, and this is a few that they revisited when Brian returned around 2018. But looking at you know his run, 
uh, they, I'm surprised they didn't do this like sooner. Uh, Brian and Miz, you know, Brian and Miz had, had their rivalry 2010, 2011, Brian beat him for the U.S. title. And, you know, with the Yes movement, I feel like Miz would have been a really great foil for that, like kind of like uh, bringing up Brian's past because, you know, Miz talked all that shit about, you know, you, you're nothing without me, you're nothing, blah, 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 all that. And then Brian becomes this larger than life, the hottest superstar in WWE. So it, it kind of would have made sense, like, naturally to bring Miz in, and that just never happened. Would y'all have wanted to see Brian versus Miz for the WWE title? Because that's, that's, that's a match we haven't seen. Okay, so there's a, there's a bigger point here that I want to get to with Daniel Bryan and the fact, and, you know, the idea that he never gets hurt. It ruins a lot of the context of the more interesting matches and the more interesting feuds that he has. So if it's Brian versus Miz, the idea of that match is a lot more interesting if you center it around the IC title because that's what Miz got so upset about. He was like, oh, he doesn't respect me as a workhorse, uh, as a workhorse in the IC division when he's always there, he's always hurt, and Daniel Bryan isn't there. If you do it for the WWE title match, the story isn't nearly as nuanced as a result. So it's like, oh, it's the protege and the mentor sort of thing all over again. And we've seen that. But with the IC thing that eventually happens and Daniel not wrestling, that that brings a lot more interesting uh, story beats to it. Same thing with the with the Brock story. I, I don't think that that match is nearly as good. I think it gets a lot wilder. And I think the in-ring is probably a lot more interesting. But as far as the story and the selling and everything, I think that Daniel Bryan versus Brock and Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, those stories aren't nearly as compelling as a result because you have the context of Daniel being hurt. Yeah. There's also a 20% chance that Brock Lesnar, like, kills him because, you know. Yes. He just, like, just sends him to God with a German suplex. Like, that's a... Which, again, like, which is why I had to think about it. I was like, okay, do I... Booking him without the injury kind of delays the inevitable anyway. So yeah. I'm, I only approach this from the fact like, okay, I have to totally take out the fact that he could even be injured in that way to begin with. Because otherwise, I think he gets hurt anyway because the way that he wrestled uh, kept teasing at the fact that his neck would hurt or his head would hurt. Yeah. And like you said, the context of even like not even but the history he has with people over time has just made the matches better where it's mm-hmm. like if he if he now say like obviously like he faced randy back then but say he like runs it back with randy now that match means so much more because of the exactly. injuries because of the storyline because of where they're at mm-hmm. you know like they could that could be a low-key be a wrestlemania match like you could really just have that be like you got this big moment, but, like, you made Matisse tap, not me. So, like, please stop giving me all that bullshit that you're, like, the yes mm-hmm. movement. Because, like, you you was talking to Dave, not Randall. Like, so please, <laughs> slow down. Mm-hmm. And then and then he got hurt again, and he never yep. really got back at it. So, it was like, all right, you never really got me. You never yeah. really gave me a fair one. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got hurt. So, you got hurt before I was able to give you the fair one. Yeah. And he's like – and he also, like, they haven't really tapped into this too, but they could do the thing where it's like, you got hurt and you're on like total Bellas. Like you not even really that guy anymore. You're not this workhorse. You like a reality TV still. I'm the one that's here all every week. I'm the one getting titles. Like you got all these other interests and stuff. And I feel like that you could even sew that into it too. Like that conscious, like you said, the Daniel Bryan is like his whole thing now, just outside of WWE. And you could really like play into that now with all these like kind of new storylines. 
I'm shocked no one has tried it yet. Probably a fans thing. You got, you were building up Drew like you were doing with that. Like it just, and also I feel like he's probably one of the more like. Didn't he just have a baby? So he's probably scarier about COVID than like other guys. Yeah, it's something when fans come back, I could definitely see it being in like a superstar shakeup or a draft. One of them gets put on the same show, and then they like bump into each other in the hallway. It's like, oh hey, fancy seeing you here, type shit. I just had a wild thought. Imagine Brian wins it at WrestleMania 30, holds it for a year. When we get to WrestleMania 31, he's either facing Roman or Brock, and Seth still pulls up and cashes in, and then we Ooh. get a, and then we get a Brian Seth feud. I remember I said a couple episodes ago fire. how I would love to see Rollins and Brian in a singles match because that's something we've never seen, and just like you know, both of them are incredible in the ring. So a, a Rollins cash in when Rollins is just with the Authority, the Authority gets their revenge on Brian a year later. Long streak. And blonde. then, yeah, and then, and then we get Brian Rollins for like a couple months from WrestleMania, and then you know a blow off at SummerSlam, maybe like that'd be fire. What I think is cool about that potential matchup is that Seth, uh, for the longest, he after he got hurt, his matches were considerably hurt by them. His Awful athleticism, his, his athleticism wasn't the same. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a night and day difference between Blonde Shrek Rollins and the current yep. Rollins. He has to work a lot more different, where with you have an all-out Daniel Bryan and you have an all-out Seth Rollins. It's yeah. totally different. It's so funny because there was definitely a stretch when he first came back from the injury where it was like the last four minutes of all his matches were exactly the same. Like it was <laughs> like Falcon Arrow into Sling Blade into Buckle yep. Bomb. Into, so it was like yep. every single time. And it wasn't just like a finish. It was like this long like setup for all his – it was so deliberate. Yep. It wasn't as fast as it used to be. And it was just very – okay. The, and kind of to your point of that's what kind of hindered his IC title run is that like it was, it was still like the tail end of that phase where he was still like not really trusting that knee. And it was like, okay, here we go. He's setting up. So I know what the next three minutes and 30 seconds is going to be. And I know where we're going. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, seeing him full bore, like just reckless Seth and reckless Brian would be like fire. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's my match we never got, but I would love to see. Who's someone y'all would have liked to see Brian either defend the title against or just ge- generally face off with? Finn Balor. He's in NXT at the time. But I think, I think a Finn. I don't really know what the the angle is, but I just think like a Finn Brian storyline would have been tough because they both like just really, especially like young. I mean, Finn does that now. Like kind of like you talked about in your article, he can be kind of disinterested sometimes now. Where it's like, all right, Finn, like tap in, bro. Yeah. Like we we need you. <laughs> um, and but like so like seeing him hungry going up against Daniel Bryan, like I think that would have been crazy. That match would have been off the chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, CC, who would you want to see Brian face off against? Also, test. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love because you gotta mention test every episode. We can't go um, an episode without test. This is because I, honestly, and the like. There's, I mean, it's because of the timeline that he was in. It's just that that time, like, and I and I'm getting him back late or whatever. Like, I've seen him with a lot of the people I wanted to see him with, like when he was able to. Um, but here's, here's, here's a thought. And I don't know if this actually happened. Has he, uh, has, have he and Chris Jericho crossed paths yet? Yeah. I was about to ask that. 
I looked it up on Wikipedia. It was like when he first came back, they they didn't have a few, but they had a match where he had to get into, I think, the Elimination Chamber or something, and he beat Jericho. It was something like that. Gotcha. I wanted something with Jericho pre uh, Larry, uh, that Flabby and Sick phase, um, where he is, I mean, come on, like, let's, guys, (laughs) it's time. Um, (laughs) Larry Holmes, Flabby and Sick, right now. Like, but yeah, pre pre Larry Holmes, Flabby and Sick, like, get a, you know, a fresher Chris Jericho and a fresher Daniel Bryan with some time, like, like give them both time to do promos on the mic for weeks and maybe a couple months. I want to see that just because of the dialogue. I feel like the transcript alone is hilarious. Yeah. Another one, this isn't, and like, I'm, I do mean this seriously, like you couldn't have done it in 2014, mm-hmm. but where they eventually got to with the modern day Maharaja, Jinder <laughs> Mahal. I would have liked to see that man work with Daniel Bryan. Cause you have, I just, cause Jinder, like people really like try and disrespect my man Jinder, but like he was really a heel. Like people really hated Jinder mm-hmm. Mahal. Not the best worker. I'll give you that. That's fine. But he like really stirred something up in people. Might have been yep. some xenophobia, but he stirred something up. Yeah. yeah I was about to say, racial. And I think if you get that, like, heel of, like, oh, my God, I hate this person. Someone please beat him. And then you get the whole baby phase, Daniel Bryant, yes, movement. I think you have, like, a nice a nice backlash. Main That's event. interesting. You know, a, nice, a nice fast lane main event. Nothing crazy. But, you know, just a little something for the girls. Something they can dance to. Um, <laughs> something for the summer. I think that would be a nice little, nice little two month feud, two monther, one monther. The the only matches that I can think of were the ones that were already mentioned. The Finn Balor one would be great. Chris Jericho in a full feud would be great. We mentioned Taker. I think that story had a lot to potentially tap into. And I think Babyface Sami Zayn versus Heel Brian would be great. Ooh, that that would that would that would, that would that would fully cement the believability in Sami Zayn as like a legit yeah. baby face that he didn't have when he came up. I think people slept on his baby face run. Like he had some really good promos to to, to Mick Foley and like you know what he was doing with Braun. Like I I really like baby I like baby face Sammy better than heel Sammy. And heel heel Sammy is really good. Like he's 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 been doing his thing. But baby face Sammy has slept on in, in my opinion. Sammy is really like just man. He's he's getting everything he can out of where he is right now. <laughs> like, yeah, <God> <laughs> he, he, Sammy is another case of like getting hurt and you know yeah. him coming back and it's yeah, like all right, trust well, yep, yeah, because they're like all right, you know, well we've already got a list of people that ain't hurt and have proved that they aren't gonna get hurt, so we're gonna use them instead of you and we'll find something for you along the way. It's one of those situations. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, Brian's the GOAT. Well, one of the GOATs. Uh, incredible title run. Um, incredible heel run. Uh, I've, you know, I, I was I was a little shaky on him, like I said, in, in NXT and when he had that first world championship run, but he's, he's made a fan out of me. Um, it's great to see him still around, putting people over. Uh, I especially loved that promo before the, the Intercontinental title match with AJ Styles, where he, like, mentioned Big E and, uh, and uh, I think it was Kalisto and, like, uh, people who, you know, d- deserved that platform. And was, way- um, Oh, my gosh. I'm totally blanking. It was another member of the Lucha House Party, though. Yeah. Like, Sin Cara? Nah. No, 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 he le- no, he left. Lance? He, he- not Dorado. No, it's Lince, the Grand Metalik. Grand, Grand Metalik. Grand Metalik. That's him. 
Yeah, I fuck with the house party. That, 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 that lets you know just how much they give a damn about the Lucha house party. We, we can't <laughs> even figure out. <laughs> who is who? They're like, all right, which, which, which one's in the ring? I, if I saw a visual, I could point out which one was which. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. just off name, I couldn't. But they matches be fire, though. Like, when they were in that elimination yeah. chamber, I was fired. Yeah, they was doing their thing. They <laughs> was doing their thing. They was doing their thing. Because I was, I, I was very pessimistic towards that match. And then watching it, I was like, oh, all right. Okay, Lucha. Lucha. Yeah. Yeah, Andrade had a few underrated joints, but I think it was Kalisto. Yeah. And, yeah, Andrade pulled out the best in a lot of people. And I think he will soon get that title from someone. I cannot. Come back Wait home. until Andrade has his real like run, cause I I'm just like man, there's a lot of people in a high place mm-hmm. right now just because he's being like you know he's just you know it's just not his it's not time yet they decide mm-hmm. it's not yeah. time yet but when it's, it's time, time, Andrade mm-hmm. is running the Triple H playbook to a T. He good, <laughs> boy's good. <laughs> yeah, that is fine. true. He identified. Is, he was like, who's the most fine. powerful white woman in this organization? <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me marry her. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'm in cemented with the legacy, it's the family. Is cool. <laughs> it's happening. Andrade's NXT run is the best NXT championship run ever. Ooh. And I, the pe- if people are people are gonna say um, Finn. People oh, are probably cold. gonna say no. Nah, Finn's just the longest. Finn's just the longest. I'm biased yeah, just long. towards Andrade, so I'm just gonna like. I'm, I we just... we got we gotta call it for what it, he had a classic, one of the best matches ever with Gargano. Gargano's yeah. best match, and that's where Gargano peaked. He had a fire one with Alistair Black. Mm. Yo, when Alistair hit him with the first Black match, and it was like, "I absolve you of all your sins," mm. and it hit him again. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This mm-hmm. is the this is this is like peak wrestling." Like when if someone's like, "What's wrestling like that?" Like yeah. someone really just like talking through why I'm going to destroy you and then doing oh, it. Oh, and and then he won it off of Drew, and that was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also the I was, whole run, crazy. Didn't like Drew's match either, so I was really happy Drew got the match. I didn't like Drew's run at all, so I was glad he got title no. off him quickly, <laughs> quickly. Who did, who did Drew face? I think it was Bobby. Rose. Bobby Roode. Because yep. oh remember, undisputed air came back, jumped, jumped him after he beat Bobby Roode. Adam Cole. The old- Smashed him. Yeah. Bobby Roode is the ultimate deflator of potential views. Like, yeah, yep. be like, all right, well, the entrance is over. I'm gonna go use the restroom. <laughs> they tried to put that man with Chad Gable, Ziggler. Like, Ooh. they've been they they they've been hoeing out Robert, and it's and he's awesome it's not hitting. It's not hitting. He'll <laughs> beer uh, money is where they need to get. They, oh I, I, you don't need you don't need to do anything with James Storm solo. Just make them a tag team because they need tag teams, and James yep. Storm ain't doing nothing. Yeah, but uh, that's our show. Uh, like like we said, Daniel's the goat lives breathes and eats wwe has given us so much we're very thankful to daniel bryan for existing uh and bringing his beard and, and the yes movement to our lives and we also want to thank our guest super talented writer my boy caleb for joining us we hope you had a great time in the rewriters room we thank you for offering your wrestling mind your creativity and even the hot takes you know we we we, we, we accept all we're a very diverse bunch and uh we, we hope you had a good time man yeah, I had, a, I had a great time. If you guys have another idea for me to, you know, think of ideas for rewriting, I'm generally open. And to Mills and Justin, I, I, I got y'all next. 
<laughs> yes, we are working. Caleb is one step closer to the A show. Um, like I said, it's the boy Armand. We got Cece here. We got Chan here. Uh, we are the men with the pen. And we shall nice. see you all very, very soon. Thank you for joining the Rewriters. <laughs>